We welcome you to episode 26 of Batten and Chatting here on the Eastern Observer. Alongside Dennis Tui, I'm Brandon Tally. Before we get started, please hit that subscribe button on YouTube to be kept in the loop on everything Eastern Observer, and most importantly, Batten and Chatting. Our show can be found on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts can be found. Our show is also presented to you by Black Cats NYC. Be sure to download their newest hit single, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us, which can be found wherever music is found, whether that's Spotify, iHeartRadio, SiriusXM, Satellite Radio, and many others. I know I had a little pause for a second, but hey, it's Wednesdays. You know what you're going to do. Uh, Dennis, how are you doing today? Good, man. I'm just hanging out. Watched some basketball mm-hmm. earlier. My son's lost. Uh, wasn't too keen on that to the Raptors, who are not very good. Yeah, that's my day. Did all right. Read a little, straightened up around my okay. house. Yeah. Okay. Kind of an easy day. Got gas this morning. There you go. Okay. Okay. Build it Wait. up. Build the car up. Wait, uh, what are you reading? Uh, a comic book. Right. Okay. Anybody? You know me. Like I, I need the pictures, man. Hey, hey good for you. I, mean, I like the pictures. Yeah. Hey, good for you, man. You know, some comic. Sometimes I mean, like, I feel like I should pick up a uh, comic book. I mean, I just bought this book, and I'm not promoting it. I know I don't know if Joey's going to see this. I'm not, I'm not promoting this book, but this is a book I bought. I mean, because I'm a Beatles guy, so um, I saw it online. And really? I'm like, hey, let me buy it. it. Details, obviously, about Paul McCartney and him like from 1956 to present and it has like lyrics like the songs that he wrote and details each like story behind it. it's pretty cool it's cool bad and yeah. book club there you go um that would be a good show but for now it's uh <laughs> what it, i am so bad with sticking to reading books mm. i'm like what's what's the guy's name from uh jimmy neutron he eats like he did everything mm-hmm. half he never finished anything like he ate a donut, and he only ate half the donut. Definitely was like his wrong. homework, and it was only half. No, no, it was a villain. It was a villain. Yeah, Jimmy Neutron. Whatever, was... whatever. Yeah, we'll move like, past it. We'll move past this it. This is Nicktoons or uh, the Bad and Chad book club. Nick at this night. Is Bad and Chad here in the Eastern Observer. So uh, a lot been going on in the baseball world. I know uh, with American League, there's, there's been a lot of signings going on today. Mets have been making some signings, but we're going to talk about them later. I know in the American League West, the Arizona Diamondbacks have acquired third baseman uh, Eugenio Suarez from the Seattle Mariners with the latter later getting reliever Carlos Fargas and catcher Sebi Savila. Um, what do you make of that trade? That sounds like a pretty good trade. I mean, strange. Like- Very strange. They now need a. Uh- a third baseman. The Mariners don't have a third baseman. They're now in the third base market. I don't know why they traded away Eugenio Suarez, who was pretty decent for them the last season. Like he wasn't bad. He was he was pretty good. Mm. He had two point three wins above replacement, two thirty two batting average, twenty two home runs, ninety six RBIs, and OPS plus of one hundred one. It's like. Listen, you could do a lot worse than that. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, he played all 162 games, led the league in that. Led the league in strikeouts. He's done it now. This is his third time in his career. He's um, been consistent 
with that. And um, you could certainly do better, but uh, on this free agent market for third baseman, I don't really um, see anybody for him. Okay. So uh, I I don't really get it from their perspective. Honestly, I don't really understand much of the um, really much of anything with uh, what that front office is doing. Quite frankly. Uh, I'm just taking a look at some of the third basemen available, and nobody's really jumping out to me as a must-get guy. Maybe Matt Chapman is who they're in on. Um, Jamer Candelario or Heimer Candelario uh, had a very good season with the um, with the Nationals. Very underrated, sneaky good season. Maybe they want to be a little more conservative, save money, go defense first. Gio Urshela, uh, Joey Wendell just signed with the Mets. More on that in a bit. Right. So I just I don't know. It's and then it, it falls off. Paul DeYoung, Harley Culberson, Hunter Dozier, Tommy Listella, Mike Mustakis, guys who are you know, not like how much do some of these guys really move the needle for you? It's kind of Matt Chapman or Jamer Candelario or Bust. Uh, it's kinda of a bizarre move. Mm. So it yeah, could be good for them. Yeah, but what about the? I feel like the you know the players that the Mariners got back from them. I mean, were they are they worth any valuable to for them to? Uh, I don't know if any of these guys have gone to the pros yet. None of the names are too familiar, but I'll check it out. I definitely should have had this up already. I don't think so. I don't think these guys have played yet. Hold on. I mean, that doesn't really mean anything. These guys could turn out to be studs, right? But um. It's just it's always hard to predict. All right, so Sebi Zavala, the uh, catcher, has played a little bit. Uh, mm. Not not well, not well. <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm just saying he's a 210 batting average career in the bigs across 176 games. All right, so uh, a little over a season worth. Uh, OPS plus 72, league average is 100. Although in 2022 and 61 games for the White Sox, he had a 108. OPS plus, but then he kind of dipped back to having a 47. Although he showed promise uh, in the last seven games of the season with the Diamondbacks, he had an OPS plus of 149. But I'm getting at is there's a very small sample size and definitely volatile in that sample size. A lot of extreme highs and lows. So you you really they really have no idea what they got. So, well, I mean, like you said, I don't. I don't like it for the Mariners. Just on at face value for the Diamondbacks, fine. Suarez, you get an offensive player that has power upside. Evan Longoria is likely going to retire. Who knows? But um, he's out. Like he's a free agent at the least. So you bring in somebody that can at least play third base, decent, you know, solid third base. We'll see what happens in that lineup. He's going to be an extra bat. I for the Mariners, I'm very confused at what their direction of their team is. Second year in a row, they've traded a closer at the deadline. They they're selling Suarez instead of trying to buy more hitting, which they don't have. Um, it's interesting. Like, what is the front office, you know, doing? And and they Seattle? don't seem to be taking it seriously. Trying to win a championship, in my and you opinion. think they would? But you know, Julio Rodriguez on the team, and right, you know, like it was superstar. They're trying to build around. It's like you want to try to build around these players. Like, what's going on here? You know, 
Definitely very yeah. interesting. Um, but now looking at the uh, American League Central, Kenta Maeda to the Tigers on a two-year, twenty-four million dollar deal. Good for the Tigers, you know, getting a you know getting a starter, filling that rotation. What does he bring to the Tigers? I love Kenta Maeda. He's one of my favorite players in the league. I've been high on him all year. You said the I'm Mets high. the other day in the chat. The Mets should have gone after him. They should have. Um, I like him a lot, and I knew that this is exactly around what he would have been getting twelve million a year. Um, maybe a little higher or lower, but you know, no less than ten, no more than like fourteen for him. So the figure made sense. I would have liked the Yankees to have gotten him. Uh, twenty-one games pitched, uh, wins above replacement, one point one. He was coming back from Tommy John this season. Four twenty-three ERA. Six wins, eight losses. But, um, I mean, that's not the end of the world. If you look at the back of the trading card, he's had really good seasons. He was 16 and 11 his rookie year in 2016 with a 348 ERA, finished third in rookie of the year with the Dodgers at age 28. Then he kind of had a down year, 422 across 29 games, 25 starts. Then he had 20 starts in 18, 381 ERA, 39 games total, 37 games in 2019, 404 ERA. And then the Twins really stumbled into something in 2020. 270 ERA across 11 games shortened season, finished second in the Cy Young Award votes that year and yeah. finished and was the league leader in whip, which yeah. is walks okay. plus hits divided by innings pitched. And then it kind of ballooned in 2021. He was trying to pitch through injury um, across 21 games, 466 ERA. I had him in a bunch of fantasy leagues that year, so I was watching him closely. They they really they really mismanaged him that season. Then he came back, and he this year he kind of was banged around with injuries, couldn't stay on the field. But he has shown, and the reason why I mentioned games played is because in starts is because he has shown throughout his career he could come out of the bullpen and be like a fringe guy and have no issues with it. And he's played in big games. He's played in postseasons. He's done well in those moments. I remember specifically in 2019 with the Dodgers, I remember him being pretty good. I'll pull up the exact stats for it. But I remember I test that he was good. Mm. Um, a career – all right. So a career postseason ERA of 6.75, but – Mostly, it's just out of the bullpen, so a bad inning here or there. But, I mean, in four games in 2019, yeah, in four games in 2019, not a single run was given up. So, he had seven strikeouts. Pretty good. Yeah. So, I like him. I like him. He said that supposedly uh, he was kind of taking a mentoring role with this Tigers team. They're a young team, a young staff. They have – so many holes. They're so they are far away from being a contender, the division crown, let alone the championship. Although the Twins are losing Maeda and Gray, they're going to take a massive step back. Right. Um, we'll see what happens with the Tigers. You can't go wrong with this deal. I'm surprised that a contender, like a serious contender, didn't see what they had in this guy. The potential is clearly there. <laughs> My mouth just got like jumbled up. No, it's fine. Hey, I mean, you just, you know, obviously he's very underrated. Get to Maeda. So, I mean, you know, good for him. 
Um, obviously, you know, on a good deal too. Detroit, I feel like they definitely got a good bargain for him. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he, you know that works out there. I mean, for the next two years. And uh, I know he's a player that's been low-key underrated, as you said. Good for the Dodgers. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, uh, you know, good for the Tigers. And, you know, it's obviously the Mets couldn't sign him, but obviously they got Seve, and that's something we'll talk about later. But, yeah. Uh, now, when he said American League East, he said player. What is this you said here in this? Um, um there have been no moves in the American League East. Yeah, there have been no massive moves. Uh, that was just a placeholder there because right. I copied and pasted over the format into a separate doc. He was moving forward. The Milwaukee Brewers did acquire outfielder Jake Bowers from the New York Yankees for minor league outfielders Jace Avina and Brian Sanchez. But that was really it. Okay. And then I'll um, I'll pick us up with the AL Central. Uh, or I, actually, I'll take us back to the AL Central because I forgot to mention the White Sox and Braves made a move last week. They, they weren't here, obviously, because of the holiday. The Atlanta Braves received left hand received left-handed reliever Aaron Bummer, who's under club control through 2026. While the Chicago White Sox got right-handed starter Mike Soroka, who is the 2019 Rookie of the Year runner-up, obviously behind the New York Mets' Pete Alonso. Left-handed starter Jared Schuster, shortstop Braden Shoemake, and infielder Nicky Lopez, and right-handed starter Riley Goins. So, really big haul for the White Sox, and uh, the Braves continue. The rich get richer. Bummer was very, very good last season out of the bullpen for, an, let's be honest, a putrid Chicago White Sox team. So this is a big deal. This is really going to move the needle for a team that's already elite. Oh, I'm sorry. Was I thinking of somebody else? His year actually wasn't that good. Uh, Hold on a minute. Wait a damn minute. It was 2020. It was 2022 that he had a very good season. A 236 ERA, 26.2 innings pitched. Um, 30 strikeouts and 10 walks. Not that great, but decent. Then this year he had 78 strikeouts, 36 walks, but a 6.79 ERA. So the potential is there. The White Sox, come on, guys, we've seen their pitching for the better part of 20 years. It's terrible. So (laughs) come on, what are we going to do? So... Maybe they'll tap into some. This is a big haul for them. Maybe it is just kind of getting some money off the books. But for the Braves, Soroka, you don't really know what to do with him. Nicky Lopez is pretty decent, but doesn't really have a a fit yet. We'll see. We'll see. Strengthening the bullpen for the Braves, man. Something that's cost them in the past. Mm Mm-hmm. I know they've been great all around. They've been great. You know, I mean, obviously, Acuna just won the MVP. You know, obviously, no matter what, they're dominating the NL East, which is unfortunate to say. But obviously, they they know what the, you know they know what they're doing. Um, so I mean, you know, good for them. I feel like a player that you know, former Brave, who in the National League West, uh, Jason Hayward, he's returning to the Dodgers for one season, 
was around nine million dollars. Now uh, I feel like Jason Hayward's been around forever. Mm. Like he's, I mean, good for him. I remember when he was on the Braves. Then I remember when he signed with the Cubs. It was like a huge, like it was it was a huge deal. That was kind of their move to. That was their like to them. That was their missing link to that World Series championship run, which they ended up doing in that magical 2016 season. Um, so. You know, he was decent. He was average. Definitely key for them in that World Series. I know. I don't know if you know, but you know the story in Game Seven where he gave. You know, it, it was the rain delay, and then they um they gave a speech. Like he gave like a speech in the middle, like in the whole clubhouse, kind of ignited them, and that's how they ended the win. It like just rallying them, giving them the confidence. So, and he's you know he's been around. I know he's been with the Dodgers, and he's been you know. So he's been around forever. So good to see that he's returning back to Dodgers, and he's still, you know, still around baseball. So, um, and it's definitely on a good deal, one year, nine million. You know, to be a platoon guy and, uh, you know, either bench player or even just a everyday outfielder if they need him to be. Uh, but yeah, that's why I got to say on Bellinger, uh, not Bellinger, um, Jason Hayward. He had a good season this year for the Dodgers. Um, he was kind of out of the league. Like he, I don't, I don't remember if he was on the opening day roster or not. But no, I'm sorry, he was out of the league last year with the Cubs. Okay, he only played 48 games, um, and they they moved down from that contract. Right, just got rid of him. This season, he actually did okay. One 124 games played, so not a massive, you know, not a huge sample size, but fair to say, like uh, just about a full season. 117 OPS plus, 269 batting average. 40 RBIs, 90 hits, 15 home runs. Uh, not bad. And as you mentioned, you or touched upon an immaculate record for being a clubhouse guy, a leader, yeah. a captain of a team, someone who younger guys could look forward to, you know, could look to for guidance and has no problems helping out the younger guys. No drama, no nothing. So you have this guy on your roster. There's some younger players on the team. Obviously, some stars, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts. Right. But it's always good to have guys like that around that are just professionals. It's professionals, man. So I like it. I like it for them. One year, $9 million For that kind of uh, – I don't know if I'd go as far as a player coach role, like a Udonis Haslam for the Miami Heat, or in other sports you see it where a guy can like – really like kind of barely play, but they're giving him the contract just so he could kind of be that veteran. I want to go that far as to say he's at that point of his career yet, but I do think it's a little high for somebody that had like a pretty good season. The OPS plus is doing a lot of work there. He didn't strike out a lot. He got a lot of walks. So like, uh, I don't know. I get it. That's my answer. About how I look. I get it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think get- in the NL Central. The AL Central. The NL Central, excuse me. Let's see. Just kind of loading it up. I could do it. I have it up. American League Central. American League Central or National League? National League. 
The red one. Okay. You know, uh, Sonny Gray, who was second runner up for the Cy Young, uh, just signed with the St. Louis Cardinals for a three-year, seventy-five million dollar deal, and he was uh, he was definitely dealing this year. Yeah, his post New York Yankees career has continued to be stellar, uh, much to my dismay. This season, a four point three wins above replacement, eight and eight record for the Minnesota Twins, division winning Minnesota Twins, with an ERA of two seventy nine in thirty two starts. So, which I'd imagine is probably close to being top in the league, and just starts field independent pitching had the best in the league. 283 home runs per nine inning 0.4 best in the league so he had a terrific season his era plus 154 league average is 100 as for strikeouts 183 walks 55 good control pitcher and um yeah man like that's a good season he only gave up eight home runs this season wow Throughout and 32 starts. That's not bad. Definitely good for him because he definitely thought, you know, fought a long, um, long road, especially, you know, I mean, he had a rough start with the Yankees mm-hmm. and just seeing how far he's come. Um, I feel like he definitely rejuvenated his career. And, dude, he's his 11 seasons in the, not in the Major League Baseball, in Major League Baseball, in 11 seasons. Dude, he's had the third highest innings pitched this season. He pitched his third highest amount of innings this season. There we go. Nailed it. His uh, first full season in 2014, God, that takes me back, 219 innings pitched, 208 the following year, 2015, both for Oakland. And now you flash forward to, to this last season, 184. So that could be a good sign for a team that he's still got more left in the tank. Or you could look at it as a lot of mileage kind of adding up there, but I'm going to go that far, especially for a team like the the Cardinals that are trying to build pitching and um, kind of now have horses around him that he's not going to be as much of a, I guess, stopper or – as much responsibility as he had with the twins, where it was him and Pablo Lopez and other really good players, Joe Ryan and um, yeah. among others that they really had to lean on to get right. wins. Cause the lineup wasn't really there. This Cardinals team, the lineup was there and we had said it all season long. The lineup was there, but it, the pitching just wasn't this season. Right. So you bring in some guys. I, I don't know if I like the veterans they're, they're bringing in. We'll get to the others in a bit, but um, I, I get it. I get it. And $25 million a year for three years. Yeah. Somebody coming off of a runner-up for the Cy Young Award, second runner-up. Hey, man, you'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it any day. Are you kidding? That's a – anytime you have a second runner-up for the Cy Young, you definitely take it, especially, you know, the Twins team that, you know, they just won the Central. Uh, they were led by a great pitching staff, as you mentioned. You know, um, Joel Ryan. Uh, so, you know, kudos, kudos to him. I know uh, – Coming into the Cardinals, I know from just reading up on him, people saying he's going to now take up, he's going to be welcome in the leading leading role in the Cardinals rotation. As he was quoted saying, you you know you want someone with an edge, according to Sports Illustrated today. So um, 
you know, uh, why didn't... I feel like the Twins... Sounds like... Is Amir? I feel like the Twins didn't really make an effort to kind of keep him. If you're ranking, like, winners and losers of this offseason, the Twins are easily the biggest loser thus far. Mm. They haven't really acquired much. Right. They just lost a massive part of their bullpen and another important piece in Maeda. So I, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what their plan is. Right. Do they expect to just kind of crawl into the American League Central crown again? I don't know. I do think at some point you do have to start respecting the Tigers. They had a decent second half of the season. The Royals are still far away, obviously, from making real noise. The White Sox, they're blowing their team up, obviously. And then why am I blanking on the fifth team? This isn't good. The Guardians. The Guardians are a team that you're just (laughs) – you're just – you don't really know what to get. Any year they can win the division or not win it. Obviously, that's the only two options. But what I mean is like they could either be really good or really bad. This year they're really bad. They have some decent hitters. Their pitching is a mess. Solid bullpen. But uh, once again, a very volatile team in terms of injuries and other things. First year without Tito Francona. So maybe the Twins see this as like a cap reset year okay. almost. I don't know. They did shell out a lot of money for Carlos Correa last year, so maybe they are trying to pull back right. the books yeah. a bit. Yeah, okay. But at the same time, too, you made the playoffs. You got the postseason revenue, baby. Spend a little. Come on. Spend a little. I, I think definitely um, – you look at Sonny Gray, just looking at his stats. I mean, you can see he made all-star with Oakland, then with Cincy, and then Minnesota. I feel like you know he definitely can do good with small market teams. Not to say he can't perform in the, under, pressure, under pressure in the big market, but you just – Take a look at all the teams. He, I feel like St. Louis is definitely a good fit. You know, small market, like small but not big. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, especially taking up the lead, you know, leadership role. So I mean, hey, good for him. It should be exciting. Yeah, like I, there is a lot of potential there, but right. I, I just I'm very low on the Cardinals organization at the moment. You know that yeah, this last very- year was <laughs> an embarrassment. Unmitigated yeah. disaster, however you want to phrase it. This last season was a joke. And I want to see how they bounce back. And I don't I have no confidence in Ali Mormol heading into this season. Uh, the pitching coach, they don't have Mike Maddox there anymore, who's now at the Rangers, and we, we saw he won his ring. They don't have Yadier Molina. They're not going to have Adam Wainwright. So who are they going to lean on? Lance Lynn, is that going to be their guy? Who won a ring with them in 13? <laughs> or not, excuse me, not 13, in um, 11, 2011. Or maybe he was on the 2013 roster but didn't win a ring. I forget. But uh, like, who's, who's going to be the leader of this team? So like, I'm a little concerned for the Cardinals because they're really – this is a high-wire act. I feel. Bringing in these guys, these older guys. As they also, or do you want to talk about it, or do you want me to bring it in? What's that? The uh, next deal that they made. Right, you, you bring it up. You go ahead. Kyle Gibson is traveling from bird to bird, leaving bird. the Orioles and heading to St. Louis in an agreement with the hey. Cardinals on a one-year, twelve million-dollar deal with a team option. I guess for a second year. 
and then obviously uh, now to ESPN. And then Lance Lynn and the Cardinals then agreed on a one-year contract uh, with a club option that guarantees $10 million and reunites the 36-year-old with the team that drafted him a decade ago. Source is familiar with the deal. Um, so I, the reason why I brought that up too is because just Cardinals, they're really loading up on pitching. But not high-quality pitching. You don't think so? Maybe I don't think so, no. Too? I like, I like Sonny Gray. Right, Lance Sonny Lynn, Gray. bro, he's not a kid. <laughs> no, no, right. Like, no disrespect. no disrespect. He's 36 years old. And it was bad this right. season. Objectively bad. Mm. Negative .8 war, 13 wins, 11 losses, 5.73 ERA. So mm. those wins he got with the Dodgers – uh, not really, um, you know. I'm sure the lineup that if Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, Jason Hayward, Max Muncy, and Will Smith all playing out of their minds had something to do with that. <laughs> so, yeah. total of 183 uh, innings pitched this season, 573 ERA. That's not good. ERA plus 77, lowest in his career. The ERA five seven three, the worst in his career. So, granted, it did get better with the Dodgers. It went four thirty six, opposed to six forty seven with the uh, White Sox. So maybe he did just need a fresh start. But this is a guy; he's thirty six years old, uh, and he pitched one hundred thirty eighty three innings last year. He pitched one hundred twenty one in twenty two, one hundred fifty seven in twenty one, two hundred eight. In 2019-84 in the shortened season, led the league in innings pitch. So there is a lot of mileage on that arm. That's just regular season. That's not postseason or anything like that. He's had injuries in the past. I I feel, I feel, I don't have the stats in front of me. I feel that as the season progresses, I feel like he's always gotten worse. Astronomically worse. That could be, that could be, you know, wrong. It's just kind of the eye test and what I can recall. I feel like a, there's been a couple of seasons where he's fallen off pretty drastically around late August to mid-September. Right. So I I don't know. For this this Cardinals team, are they disciplined enough that they can handle that? Honest, that's a fair question to ask. This division, we made a lot of jokes throughout the regular season. Lord knows I did. Yeah, about yeah, how yeah. bad that division is. <laughs> But at the same time, too, does this move, when healthy, when fully healthy, when up to all their standards of what we think they could achieve at their ages for him and Kyle Gibson? We'll get to Kyle Gibson in a bit. Are they better than the than the Cubs? Are they better than the Brewers? Are they equal to the Reds, who are a young, scrappy team that are just going to get more experienced and more seasoned? I don't know. Are they better than the Pirates? I would think so, obviously. But the Pirates also had a ton of injuries, especially to um, O'Neill Cruz. Right. So, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't mean, know. Yeah. I think this is the wrong direction. I don't like it. What? How would you think they would go about it? I mean, look. I mean, Sonny Gray, though, like he said, that's definitely the best thing about. It. I mean, look. I get it. Kyle Gibson. Just looking at the stats. He had, you know, I mean, he was fourteen and nine, you know, winning record, but he was, you know, the four point seven three ERA. You know, that's not going to do it. 
Um, a lot of walks. Only 55. I feel like it's definitely a decent amount. Um, you know. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I just... I got to pull up like who would have been available for the Cardinals to get. Kyle Gibson, he's okay. He's okay. If he's like your four or five in your start and your rotation, all right, fine. You're not. It is what it is. Like it's not the end of the world. Right. It's I mean, not the end know, of the world. I feel like it definitely brings winning culture. I mean, because you look recently, I mean, he was with, you know, Philly. Uh, you know, he was with Philly last year and then, you know, like two years ago and then Baltimore this year. So, I mean, you know, maybe he, he can bring some, you know, some of that over to the Cardinals who you would think would already have been there and that can, you know, sort of contention. But obviously that did not fall to fruition. I know you're not, but, you know, obviously, you know, am I wrong with that? Yeah, but they, they bring in Sonny Gray. They bring in Kyle Gibson. They bring in Lance Lynn. Let's look at who else they could have gotten. Let's see. Blake well, Snell, Brandon Woodruff, Marcus Stroman, Jordan Montgomery. I'll keep going. Martin Perez. Okay. Maybe a reunion with Michael Waka. Wow, Maybe Michael Eduardo Waka. Rodriguez. Seth Lugo had a good year for the Padres. Michael Lorenzen. All these guys I think are better than Gray and Lynn. They all have higher wins above replacement. Actually, no. Kyle Gibson's wins above replacement is 4.4. I don't know what on um, baseball reference is 0.9, so I don't know what calculator MLB.com is using. Wins above replacement. <laughs> He's a free agent, Cephalo. Hyperinflated. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the hell this is about. There wins above replacements all over the place. So He's great, Straight down from the record. If the Mets could have found I mean, a way to cap him, and I mean. He really is to me more than just a reliever. I don't like how the Mets, you know, then they needed a reliever. They they stuck him in there. But I give Seth Lugo credit because, you know, they, you know, they said, yeah, hey, like, you know, we need you in the bullpen. He's like, okay, even though he's more than just more than just a reliever, he easily could have been a starter. And with the Padres this year, he easily proved that too. He was having a great start to the year too with the Padres. I remember. So I mean, Mets can find a way to get him back. I hope they're knocking on his door. I mean, but. You know, make him start if they could. You know, fill out the you know fourth and fifth. They just did it today with Sevy, but um, it, I feel like if the Cardinals definitely need another starter, I mean, hey, I mean, Seth Luka, Seth Luka could definitely be a guy. I'm high on him. Yeah, I just I don't know what they're thinking here. I, I there's a lot of guys I would have taken up above Lance Lynn. Hey, it is. I'm just saying, like Michael Lorenzen yeah. was available. He pitched no hitter this year, and he's younger than both of them considerably. Lance Lynn's 37, Kyle Gibson's 36 already. Is this right? Yeah, he's 36 already. Mm. I, uh, <laughs> it's bizarre. You're it's a bizarre word. strategy. The words. That's, that's I am. It's it's kind of weird. Like going after two of the oldest pitchers on the market and saying these guys will hold up. Our pitching is god awful. So I, the whole thing is bizarre. I think. 
it's only so much going on, Dennis. But yeah, I mean, there's no shortage of pitching. Yeah, you know, I mean, I like what the Mets did. So now that's going to move us now to the National League East, Mm -hmm. as the Mets are now signed uh, Luis Severino, Mm -hmm. as he goes from the Bronx to now Flushing Queens, as he's now. You know, heading to the Mets on a one-year, thirteen million dollar deal. I like the deal. I mean, just looking at it, like I feel like you know, and Yankee fans have been telling me, like, haven't been saying anything bad about him. Like, like, oh, you guys got you know, Sevy. People like the deal. They're like, oh yeah, hey, you know, good for you guys. You know, I know, I know Sean, our friend, you know, a good buddy, Sean Flanagan. Shout out to him in Fort Myers, Florida. Uh he's he was pre- he was pretty pissed because he's like, hey, like you know, Sevy went healthy. He's he's insane. So good for the Mets because they they definitely need some depth. I feel like, and I said it to, you know, and I also was talking about it today when, you know, the Mets, they need, a you know, like obviously they never need pitching, but this offseason they do. Sure, they got Sanga. They got Quintana, who's good. Um, There's another player. I can't think of the name. Not Peterson because Peterson's going to be out for six to seven months. Hopefully he'll be back and healthy. Um, Smith? Drew Smith? Drew Smith's more of a reliever. Okay. Yeah, uh, for a while they were using him as like a fringe guy. I don't know. Right. So your I mean, your rotation got wonky by the end of the year. It did, then. yes. I mean, that's what happens when you sign pitches that are, you know, coming of age. You know. That's why, you know. Should have been should be a caution tale for the Cardinals. Right. I mean And they have team options, so it's not like it's like they're hooked why for like they, you know, I don't know why they would take team whatever. So it's not like they're hooked, the Cardinals. Well, they are for one year, unless of course they trade them at the deadline, which is probably what they're going to try to do if the if things don't pan out. But at the same time, too, who would want them? <laughs> the Mets. No, I'm not saying it to be a jerk. I'm just, you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Come on, Dennis. No, I, I know you full out. Yeah, You're I good. do like I do like Severino to the Mets for you guys. Yeah, we'll continue. Um, you know, but like, I just, I definitely think it's more, you know, good depth as the Mets try to fill out the pitching. Hopefully they, they can land a pitcher like Yamoto. Yamoto. I know the Yankees are really high on him. I feel like that's definitely their number one priority. I wouldn't be surprised if Yamoto is a Yankee, in my opinion. I feel like he has a good shot to be a Yankee. We'll, we'll get on that later. But I know the Mets are definitely in on him too. Cause you know, they can land, you know, Senga, you know, a Japanese pitcher, you know, from Japan, they could definitely land another one if they could. Hopefully, and he even said that he wants to pitch with like you know, uh, with a Japanese player. And saying it was more, I think saying it was one of them. I know saying it was tough, definitely said to the Mets, he's high on them too. But either way, I like the Sevy pick. Um, you know, can he be reliable for the Mets when healthy? What do you what's your take on it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how healthy he was last year. He was awful. Mm. It was really bad last year. Him getting out of like one the first inning was a miracle. That's not good. That's not good for me to hear. No, like it's it's awful. It's awful for you to hear. And it's true. Like he wasn't good. He was very bad. Mm. He had a six sixty five ERA across nineteen games. Negative one and a half ward. Honestly, that's higher than I thought. Like he was, he was really bad, dude. Mm. He was really bad. <laughs> it's 
So of course he signs with he signs had, with Mets. You know? His last five games, he went four innings pitched, four innings pitched, seven, six point two, four. So the six point two game was against the Nationals. The seven inning game was against the Tigers. Neither teams were world beaters. He went four innings against Houston, gave up four runs, six hits, and one walk, three strikeouts, two homers. So, I mean, it wasn't a good season for him. But you know the potential is there. We've gone over it in the past on this program. We all know when he's healthy. He's a beast. Right. He's a yeah. beast. Yeah. His rookie I mean, year, when he was 21, I'm not going to say he's going to go back to that, but a 289 ERA. When he was 23 years old, 295, 298 ERA, excuse me. 339 when he was 24. Across three games, 1.5 and 19 when he was 25. 2022, 19 games started, which honestly is a lot more than I thought. 3.18 ERA. So, like, the potential is clearly there. He's really good when he when he's healthy. I don't know how healthy he was last year. I don't know if with the pitch clock or what. I don't, I don't know. But um, one year for $13 million kind of seems fair. Right. You're banking and, on the upside. Yeah. You'll see what you have. The Mets kind of have to see what they have. And it's a one-year deal. If it doesn't pan out and things are trending the way they trended last year and they're out of it by June or July, you can maybe flip him somewhere if he's you know playing well enough. Right. I get it. I get it on their end. I don't dislike the trade. I mean, the, uh, the signing. I like it. I like it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, we'll see. And then I just see something from uh, um, NYM News underscore news. He just said that, according to Joel Sherman of the New York Post, the Mets will be going full bore to land Japanese stars uh, Yamoto and Shuddy, the other Japanese pitcher who's lefty. Was it Sh- uh, Shoto? Yes, Shoto. Imanaga? Imanaga, yeah, okay. Thank you. Um, Apparently, uh, he's a lefty who happens to be one of the best starters. He's another great starter out of Japan. He's a who's posting. So, uh, I mean, if the Mets can't get Yamoto, then obviously, I mean, because they do need another lefty because obviously Peterson's going to be out, so if they can land him. But like I said, with Sevi, hopefully... Um, okay, I'll oh. create a reminder for every Thursday. No, I, no, 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 no. That I do definitely don't want Alexa to do. My Amazon Echo. No, uh, I'm gonna say that's definitely because um, anything over uh, Carrasco could definitely help the Mets. I know Carrasco. He probably poor Carrasco. I forgot about him. Like man, he really had like a down season with uh, you know, with the Mets. His so career might be over. You know, hopefully, uh, Sevy can bring new juice, and so hopefully he can revive his career in a different setting. I mean, same state, but different. You know, area. So we'll see. But um, I know they also signed Joy Wendell to a one-year deal worth two million. I know people saying that he can probably going to replace um, Guillaume, who you know for the defense more for the defensive play, less for the uh, less for the bat. And the uh, the Atlanta Braves added another reliever to the bullpen by agreeing to a thirty thirty million dollar deal, three-year contract with the right-hander Ronaldo Lopez. And Aaron Ola, I know you're saying, you know, pitching has been decreasing. Um, you know, pitching has been going down in the market. 
you know, he's now off the market. You know, as he agreed to a seven-year deal worth $172 million. Sources familiar with the deal told ESPN on Sunday. So good for Aaron Ola. And I feel like it's definitely a fair contract too. Because Aaron Ola has definitely been in conversations of like Cy Young. Mm-hmm. And he's been their ace. So, I mean, good for the, you know, good for the Phillies. $172 million. That's a, I feel like that's a good contract. It's fair. It's decent. You know, rotation with Zach Wheeler. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, good for them. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I like it. Uh, um, not really much else to say about that. I like the Aaron Nola deal. I, I never really thought he was leaving the Phillies, right? to be honest with you, although I didn't really think too much about it to begin with. He's always pitched well for them in the playoffs. He was really good for them down the stretch of the season. He can be inconsistent at times, but... um. One thing I'm a little worried about with him is pitch counts. Even if he doesn't go deep into games inning-wise, you could usually bank on him going pretty high with pitch counts. That could be a little bit of a concern, just watching Phillies games. Uh, It's what I noticed covering them this year for the Eastern Observer. Yeah. And at times, he did kind of look like a weak link, and at other times, he was an anchor to that roster and that pitching staff in particular. So you kind of had to do it. He's kind of like a made guy at this point for the Phillies. He's been there forever. Mm-hmm. Why not? Why, why not? not? All right. As for uh, Reynaldo yeah. Lopez to the Braves, once again, since the 90s, their bullpen has been awful and it's cost them <laughs> playoff games. No, I'm serious. No, I know. I know you are. No, I know. So, I know trust me. I, I know. I'm just. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it's just like I'm, I'm not saying it to bust chops. I'm just saying it, you know, for the people listening or watching. That like their bullpen has always been kind of bad, like really bad, and now they're kind of shoring it up. You look at their starting rotation; it's nasty. Look at that lineup; it's one of the best we've ever seen in the sport. What's missing? The, the bullpen. bullpen. And if you look, every single one of their moves so far has been to address the bullpen. bullpen. <laughs> so, I get it from their perspective; they have to do it this way, even if it's an overpay for Reynaldo Lopez. Or even if it's not a necessity and it's a luxury or just, you know, a regular commodity, whatever, they had to do it. So I'm all right with it. It makes total sense to me. The Joey Wendell thing to the Mets, I also understand a bench guy who can play, what, seven positions, eight positions, whatever, seven, uh, the outfield, the infield, he could do whatever. Right. He's a decent hitter, not great obviously but he's not a complete zilch at the plate i like it i like it for the mets a little bit of depth won't kill you guys especially no the met the mets are always snake bitten in it with injuries you, you need to have some reinforcements oh yeah you don't have to you don't have to tell me that they definitely uh you know so i mean if they can have the depth they can and definitely uh you know load up as much as they can um, I wonder why they're not I'm signing gonna sign Guillaume back. Like you know, Guillaume was definitely uh there's one point where he was hitting like three twenty in May. Then obviously yeah, slowly dipped down. He did well for you guys. I'm I'm surprised to hear that. I think he got kind of snake bipping injuries too. And then I uh Jesus. So much distractions going on. Look oh can't let them get to me. Um 
I'm sorry, did you hear that in the background? Am I... Oh, sorry. It was like a noise on my computer. And I was like, a... um, I was going to say. So, I mean, I don't know. But I, I like it. Joy Window. I've heard of his name plenty. So, I feel like he definitely provided a better bat than Guillaume. You know, Guillaume was. I'm going to go that far. I'd say Guillaume might be a better hitter than Wendell. Really? Okay. Right? Am I crazy? I don't think Joey Wendell's that good of a hitter. He's a, a Yankee murderer. Forget Yankee killer. Really? Oh, yeah. He always busts us. Same Him and G-Man Choi always shredded the Yankees. Um, yeah, this year he was a negative wins above replacement player. Point, negative point two, two twelve batting average, an OPS plus of 50. So the bat's not there like it used to be. Um, he was a decent hitter for a, a little while. He had some good, yeah. He had some good offensive years. He was an All Star in two thousand and twenty one, which seems crazy to hear. But uh, yeah, he can play like every position, man. Hmm. Hey, okay. he's good. No, I I like it. And so, you know, definitely the Mets need depth, and so hopefully, you know, they keep adding on. It's good signings to do, and I feel like definitely free agency is picking up right now, and, and it's not even the winter meetings yet. No, it's not. And at the winter meetings, a lot's going to be discussed, trades, talking to agents, free agents, whatever. So, yeah. I wonder how we can get there. How can we get to the winter meetings as press? How could us? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Could you imagine hanging out? I don't even know no, where it is. I, like, I think it's probably in Florida or something. I feel like the stuff when I would have to talk to Joey about. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I. Uh, oh yeah. But true. I mean, I feel like that's definitely a little bit secluded, though. Too. You know. I feel like they definitely. Uh. I mean, I wish. You know, but I feel like they definitely try to keep that, hold that off to like you know, you know, M- the MLB corporate world. You know, the GMs. Rub elbows with Brian Cashman. Uh, yeah, your, uh. your favorite. Your favorite Yankee. Yeah. Sit down, have bacon and eggs with Steve Cohen. That I would love to do. That I would love to do. Yeah. Get a continental breakfast with Rob Manford. Danish guy, Rob? Huh. I thought you were more of a muffin man. Just muffin looks man. at you. Just looks at you and says, kind of a weird conversation. How'd this kid get in here? Did we just give press passes out to any old schmuck? I say, kind of, evidently. Yeah. He, who nice thought? to meet you, Rob. Get my apple juice, sit down. <laughs> Get my apple juice and sit down. <laughs> Rob Manford and me by Dennis Dewey. All right. Uh, moving on to MLB rumors that are actually real and not fictitious scenarios that are kind of strange. <laughs> First and foremost, the Yankees are trying to get two of the triumvirate of Yoshinobu Yamamoto Cody Bellinger, and Juan Soto. The Bronx Bombers have even gone as far as exchanging player names in hypothetical trade scenarios with the San Diego Padres in an effort to get the 25-year-old Dominican superstar Juan Soto. Um, Buddy, uh, I'll start with you as the non-Yankees fan here. What is your take on this Yankee Juan Soto stuff and um, the idea of they're trying to get Two out of the three, Yamamoto, Bellinger, and Soto. I feel like they definitely get Bellinger. I feel like Bellinger is definitely – like I feel like if you had to tell me, say the universe 
you know, Golden State, the Martian point to death beam on the earth, and you had to tell me? <laughs> Who am I picking? I'm picking Cody Bellinger to be on the New York Yankees by the time it's opening day. I hope you were getting my reference. I definitely am. They're taking a sip of my drink, so I muted myself. I was just trying to leave you high and dry there. That Max I Kellerman. He, so I just, I, one I, of the I, greatest uh, moments in sports media history. Thank you, Max Kellerman, for that. Thank you, thank yeah. you, thank you, Max Kellerman. You know, <laughs> but I think uh, I want Iguodala. Oh, yeah. And he had Stephen right. Shook. Or Iggy or Curry. Or Curry. And I just think, I think that Cody, I don't know. I mean, but I'm saying, like, out of all the players, Right away, like a guaranteed, it's could. I feel like Cody Bellinger has a good shot to land with the Yankees. That's just sure. my feeling. The, the, you guys need. I mean, he had a great year with the Cubs. I know Brian Cashman. He's going to do all he can to get the Yankees back in contention. It wasn't the right year. I feel like Cody Bellinger is definitely a safe bet to be signed. I don't know what's going on with the Juan Soto. I feel like today it looked like it was legit. Like it was not fake news. It was not anything. Um. You know, talks with that are heating up. I feel like it's going to take some time with that. But I know the Yankees, I feel like if they had to sign a player today, I feel like Cody Bellinger would be like a safe bet. Um, You know, I feel like, you know, Juan Soto definitely adds another star power to the outfield and to the Yankees, to the Bronx area. You know, it's a New York market, you know, along with Aaron Judge. You can put him in left field or right field. Judge can stay in center, right? Like Judge would stay in center, or no matter until Dominguez gets back. Yes, right. Oh, imagine that outfield: Soto, Dominguez, and Judge. But the thing is, the thing is, would they have to give up Dominguez in that trade? No. If the, they ask for Dominguez, the that's I heard the Padres asking price is high, though. So I mean, you know, it sounds pretty scary because, and I remember we were talking about it in, in the chat with the guys. And, you know, they're like, possibility of either giving up Volpe or Dominguez. That better not be even considered a question. Probably giving up who's it? Spencer Jones. Is there one of their one of our top prospects? Yeah, Spencer Jones is one of you guys' yeah, top prospects, yeah. Probably giving him up for that. The, the Padres don't really have an outfield. People saying, I don't want to give up Volpe or whatever. They don't, they don't need... What are we doing, guys? Guys. <laughs> wow. Okay. Are, are Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> Let me ask you. Okay. Is Volpe better than Xander Bogarts? Not currently, but that Yankee fans think he could be the next okay. Xander Bogarts or better. Is he better? Is he better than Haseon Kim? I'll help you out. No. <laughs> So what do they need a middle infielder for? Third base? You have Manny Machado, one of the best third basemen in the league. I actually think it's realistic to give them prospects in DJ LeMahieu because Jake Cronenworth is their first baseman. It's known that they've been trying to shop him around. Okay. He kind of had a down year last year, very good in 2022. Um, so maybe they're going to shop him around. Their current DH is Matt Carpenter. Maybe... If you want to hold on to LeMahieu, maybe you try to move Stanton in that deal so they can have a DH, someone who's rocked Petco Park in the past, as you've seen with him at the Home Run Derby. Right. And, you know, just kind of like load up on offense. 
get some pitchers. There's no way you're going to keep Clark Schmidt and Mike King if a Juan Soto deal is done. Um, I I honestly think they should prioritize Yamamoto first. Okay. And then the Bellinger-Soto thing, like, in terms of who would I rather have on my team, Juan Soto, obviously. But the the caveat of it's very known that he's a Scott Boris guy, Scott Boris client, that's his agent, and that they want free agency in 2024. They do not want to extend. It's not even an option. That worries me a little bit right. because it's the Carmelo Anthony effect of, yeah, I'll trade for you, but if I'm giving stuff up, it's going to weaken our team and I get you. We may not make the playoffs. We may not win the division. We may not get to the World Series now. So I don't really get it from that aspect. But at the same time, too, it's Juan Soto. And if you can get him around Judge and, and you know, if we keep Stan or right. Rizzo and Cole and some of the guys that, you know, are known for being like really cool with the, the players and the teammates and whatnot, and he likes it enough that maybe he's willing to take a discount, maybe then it'll be worth it. But if you're trying to get two of that three, I'm going to get Bellinger and Yamamoto because you can get them now and it's guaranteed tomorrow. You know what I mean? So right. you, you don't have to worry about it. And when Soda becomes a free agent, then you make your play. Maybe you spend the season to move off from Giancarlo Stanton's contract or DJ LeMayhew's contract or Carlos Rodon's contract. I'm still holding on hope. I'm still holding on hope for the last okay. one of that. But uh, hey, man, they have options. I just it, all the reports out there are saying that they want to get two of the three, and I'm hearing things that they met with Bellinger at one point, right? And uh, they obviously Cashman was there personally to watch Yamamoto throw a no hitter. And you're hearing the reports about them talking with, you know, Juan Soto, and now they're actually throwing out hypothetical trades. You got it. You you can't walk away empty-handed. One of these guys got to go. You can't be like the San Francisco Giants of last year and the year prior when you got caught with your pants down 19 different times. You, you gotta, you gotta close the deal. <laughs> right. At least as long as they don't have to get. I feel like if they don't give up like Volpe or Dominguez. I feel like then it will be a good trade for them. It'd be if they would win the trade, knowing that they wouldn't have to give up players like that. Yeah, for me, it's mostly Dominguez. Even if we had to give up Volpe, we still have Peraza. Like I, I'm not like that, like that crazy over it. If we had to give up Volpe, fine. Maybe they want him because he's younger, but then I'd ask for Hassan Kim. Like, yeah, I, I would want one of the best defenders in the league on my team. Crazy, but I would want that. <laughs> yeah, you're high on play, him too. Yeah, he can play short. He can play yeah. second. He can play, I think, third as well. And I think he does a little outfield too, doesn't he? So, like, I would love to have that guy on my roster. Why wouldn't you? Good hitter too. Not great, but good. Serviceable. So, yeah. That's my uh, my take. I mean, if we trade for Juan Soto, by the way, I want to be clear. I, I like I'm on the fence. I was honestly, I spoke to uh, one of our colleagues here at the Houston Observer, Tyler Adele. Um, 
really? earlier on the phone. Yeah, he was asking me about the Juan Soto news. And uh, at first, I was don't you think we got to get Juan Soto? But now, the more I think about it, I am I, I do understand like if it was me running the team, I might be a little more patient. But that's also predicated on the fact that I'm assuming that I would get Yamamoto and Bellinger because I, I would have had them already. I would have said, name your price. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, I mean, I feel like you guys, you guys definitely got a good shot to get Yamamoto. Yamamoto. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. I feel like I think it's crazy how the fact that this is the first ever, you know, bidding war with the Yankees and the Mets for a player in the Steve Cohn era. It's going to be interesting to see how it works now. You know, I don't. Do you? Can you think of a last time a player between the Yankees and the Mets was you know like when the Mets had a bidding war for? Were the Yankees ever really in on Senga? Last I don't year? think so. I feel like I don't know. I don't think they were. No, and the Mets got him for a good price too. Mets got him for five years, seventy-five million. That was that was a great deal for the Mets. So I mean, yeah, like I said, I guess not, this is, you know, Verlander was too expensive. Yeah, I don't know. None, none offhand. I'm sure in like the 90s, they both had Robin Ventura at different points. They both had Al Leiter at different points. I'm sure that there was something with that. And in the 2000s, I'm sure that, you know, there was probably at at some point like some player I'm just missing. But um, you are right, though. It doesn't seem too common. The very least. Yeah, but... um... I feel like the Yankees definitely going to go all out for him because you guys need the pitching. You guys need another player to, you know, help support your your reigning Cy Young ace, Garrett Cole, who's phenomenal. So good for him. You know, um, especially since you guys lost Severino. You guys got Herman, but who knows what's going on for Herman. He's, he has his own stuff going on. Oh, he's out. He's out? They waved him. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so no, you, this is all or nothing. If they, if you guys don't land him, it's definitely uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what Yank, what Cashman decides to do if they can't if they can't land Yamoto. And Yamamoto. once again, there are options on the free agency. Like, there are guys that are still available that are that are like decent, not great, but like decent. Maybe you want to reunite with James Paxton or. Take a flyer on um, Eduardo Rodriguez, who's still there. Or if you want to try to reunite with Jordan Montgomery, go after Brandon Woodruff. Yeah, Jordan Montgomery. Yeah. Or, or try Seth Lugo out or Michael Lorenzen. Like, there's guys that are like decent. Rich Hill is like a fringe back of the rotation reliever kind of a guy who's played in thousands of big games, it feels like. They have options, man. Hyunjin Ryu is okay, although yeah, he had a pretty decent season. Um, now I feel like no, tell me. I feel like if he, he they don't land Yamamoto, do you feel like it, it, the New York media and everybody's going to be coming for Cashman again? Because I feel like Cashman's been getting a lot of heat lately, and I I've been seeing it. Obviously, like I'm not blind to it, but you know what I'm saying. I feel like is is everybody going to be coming for Cashman now? Like more than they've been? 
I think so. And I would even go as far as to say that I think they should. And you know, I've kind of developed a tendency on this program to defend um, (laughs) Brian Cashman a lot. But a lot of it is based in that it's not that I love the job Brian Cashman does, is that I think a lot of gripes people have are kind of like unwarranted. You know what I mean? Like not the greatly over-exaggerated problems. In what way? Uh, It's just like one that I see people say is, I can't believe we didn't get Corey Seager and we let some of these bad contracts hold us back from getting Corey Seager. But it's also our team is injury prone to begin with and we overpay for guys that are injury prone to begin with. Why would we want the most overpaid and the most injury prone? That doesn't really make sense. Like, I get it. You'll live with being wrong. You know what I mean? Right. Or, you know, we never should have given that money to Stan. It's like he literally single-handedly won us a playoff series in 2020 (laughs) and was our only effective hitter. Him and Rizzo were our only effective hitters for the last two weeks of the 2021 season and into the playoffs. Granted, we lost to the Boston Red Sox in a one-game series, but to get there in the first place, we had to beat them on Sunday Night Baseball where Stanton hit two home runs over the Green Monster, two or three over the Green Monster, hit a monster game in a monster series. And he's had moments in the playoffs since the Yankees got him where he's been extremely good. And you know the potential with him. He could carry an offense by himself when he's I know he can, When he's cold, he's a strikeout machine and looks awful at the plate, and I get all that. But there's, you know, and there's other moves they've made in the past that people don't like. That's just two of the ones that are most recent and uh, talked about. And some of the gripes, once again, are justified. Other ones, I don't think are. You know, I can't believe we let Jordan Montgomery go. I can't believe we didn't give Jordan Montgomery to one of the best pitching coaches in the league and Mike Maddox, and he's a pitch-to-contact pitcher, and he was surrounded with eight gold glovers, I, I, I would be pretty concerned if the guy didn't do better. Do you get what I mean? When he right. went to the Cardinals for Harrison Bader. So, well, Bader kept getting hurt. Great. Let's just forget how at the end of the 2022 season, everybody and their mother was ranting and raving about how much they loved Harrison Bader. Sure, I'll forget that. So, because uh, uh, you were there at the pom-poms too. That's kind of how I look at it. <laughs> so, like, some of them really are bad decisions and came back to bite us. But hindsight being twenty twenty, signing, I think it was Nick Swisher, cost us Mike Trout because that was the, con- the compensatory pick that was used for Mike Trout. Really? Okay, probably wouldn't do that again. But at the same time, too, did you know that Mike Chat was going to be one of the best players of all time? Probably not. You know, the amateur draft is a crapshoot. Maybe they could have drafted better. Maybe they could have handled the minor leaguers better. I think they definitely could have. They should have sold high on Clint Frazier. Awesome. I don't disagree with that. But you know what's unpredictable? The guy having vertigo and just <laughs> not being able to play for three weeks. And that will happen. I don't know. In 2020, he was pretty good for us. So like it it is a lot of it is like 
the Cashman stuff I feel like is greatly overstated in some regards, justified in others, but I definitely think that losing out on Yamamoto would kind of sway me more towards being negative than being uh, positive. Just because at this point, you have to do something. You can't have another free agency of just bringing back guys or making, you know, signing some relief pitcher nobody's ever heard of who you're going to turn into like a, a killing machine, which they do extremely well. And that's something they don't get credit for. They have a great eye for relief pitching, which other teams struggle with consistently. The Yankees have had dominant relief pitching since the 1970s. It's unbelievable. Right. You can just go down the line with all the guys they've had. So uh, it's, you know, they like every team, their strengths and weaknesses. And um, yeah, we'll see. I want Yamamoto bad. And by the way, the revenue that the Japanese players bring in is astronomical. The ad revenue they bring in. Yeah, it's sure, you know. talked about openly. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, listen, I think the next week there's definitely going to be a lot of news. Uh, next time we talk um, on here on Eastern Observer on Bad and Chat, it's going definitely going to be a lot going on in the baseball world. I feel like I saw something that Shohei might make a decision in the winter meetings. We shall see. Who knows? Um, maybe uh, Bo Pichette and Vlad Guerrero are going to be on different teams. I know you, you saw that, that report. The Blue Jays are thinking of that's crazy. I, saw I don't think yes. we have to spend too much time on that. I think both of us can say that's that's a load of Chris to trade your two franchise guys, but whatever. I mean, hey, you know, up there, I'm not running the show. I'm just a just a I'm just a podcaster. Oh, you're not. I could be. Hey, but hey, for now, uh, I do other things. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I feel like that wraps up the show for tonight. Yeah. All right. Be sure to check out our revamped website at www.easternobserver.com for latest news in the world of baseball and so much more. We thank you for joining us in another edition of Bat and Chatting for my co-host Dennis Tui and the entire Black Check Media Group team. I'm Brandon Talley saying so long, and we'll see you next time.